are back. It is week 10. It is getting pretty spicy up in the Rope Brothers Fantasy Football League. We are approaching week 10. Not too much longer till playoffs are around the corner. Alongside of me, we've got Jerome. How are we doing, Jerome? Hey, doing good today, man. Uh, nice to be here. Uh, it is week 10 already, man. And uh, In our league, we got first place at 6-3 and three and 12th place at at three and six and everybody else somewhere in the middle so still everybody's in this thing you know every week we hop on here it seems even crazier than the previous week man i mean i've man these standings it's it's wild man now we we added you know kind of one more outlier zach who unfortunately cannot be here with us joining uh um saquon at three and six but uh Man, I'm telling you, there's uh, two through uh, two through ten are all one game uh, apart from each other, so it, it's still wide open. Anyone's taken, um, and a lot of teams that you know. You go back in our podcast, you can see these guys that were trying to give up on it. Chili Peckers being one of them is in fourth place now. Man, um, I'll use you, Jerome. You were uh, you were I think tenth place a couple weeks back, and you are in fifth place. So it's very doable. It's very manageable. It's 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 possible. Anything's possible in fantasy, which we found out. You could wake up one day, your player could be facing some uh, legal trouble. Guy could, you know, break their uh, break their ankle, tear their uh, tear their ACL. It's it's crazy, man. The uh, I call it the Madden gods, but I'm going to call them the fantasy gods for the purpose of our league. So the fantasy gods uh, ultimately dictate what happens, and uh, there is a certain percentage that uh, it's just up to them. So. But yeah, um, breaking down the standings, as I said, Dan's mom still is in first. That won't last long, though, because uh, Derek Henry went down, and uh, he's losing steam. He's dropping real fast. He may have started the league very hot, but hey, man, he's going to be shooting way, 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 way down. It's overdue. He's due for an injury. His team's going to be struggling. Not really, but I like saying that and giving myself hope about it. Um, then we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six teams tied for second. That's going to be Goon Squad, King Savage, the Chili Peckers, Charleston Storm, Pack Slap, and finally me, Madden's Legends, in seventh place. We have uh, three teams tied for uh, right around that eighth place marker, Muffalo Wings, G-Money, and uh, Q, QK Aaron's Crew. <laughs> Changed his name up on me here. Um, Q Karen's Crew. Q Karen's crew. <laughs> uh, they're all tied for four, uh, four and five, and, um, and then of course, as I mentioned before, Rubba Chub Chub and Saquon falling a little bit below at three and six. Um, still very possible. I did the math on this. There's uh, what I think five games left. I mean, they're two game or uh, you know, two games back from from playoff contention. You know, obviously they probably have to win at least four of these six to be competitive, but still possible, man. And uh, Jerome, congrats on high points last week, man. How does it feel an extra 30 bucks in the pocket? Hey, it feels good, man. I was surprised to get a high point this week, but it came with a price. The fantasy gods, man, they are a fickle bunch. So we get to one game over 500, we get high points, and now we are whopping 36-point dogs on Sunday. We may as well not even show up and play the game, man. So I got to ask you, I know you're kind of down in the dumps. You're you're saying you got to throw some last-minute Hail Marys, but I, I do remember very vividly you said you're not giving up. You got a lot of fight left in you. How how do you feel now um, as opposed to you did a couple weeks back when you felt that you had to make these 
these changes to even have a fighting chance at, at playoff contention? It's not over yet. I would really still like to make the playoffs and maybe make a little noise in the playoffs with this ragtag bunch that I have. But to be honest with you, man, to answer your question, it's been very difficult. I've used every savvy move that I know the past few the few weeks just to try and like stay competitive. So uh, the race is not over yet, not not by any means. And um, you know, if, even if we take it on the chin this week, uh, we will be back and we'll be we will be fighting, scrapping, scratching, calling, whatever we got to do. Absolutely, I think I think give a solid team, man. Um, and, and ultimately, I'm a big long term guy, big picture kind of dealio. Um, but, you know, make the moves now, especially guys that are in, in Jake's situation where you're a couple games up. You can afford to lose a couple games, man. All that matters is that you're in playoffs, um, you know, outside of the first and second place that get the first round by. But, um, you, you know, if you're confident you can make playoffs, man, now's the time to, to think long term. You know, guys that give up, I know you're questioning me about Delvin Cook and, you know, any last minute changes that could help you in the long term, man, go for it. Big time to to uh <clears throat> buy low and and get these players uh when they get hot so absolutely um yeah with that said we'll open up uh last week's matchups um i won by a pretty big margin my something no, i'm just kidding uh <laughs> the big uh i'll say this first man i i'm sorry garrett i uh i apologize man it's tough i i i know the feeling I, I was, as I was telling Jerome earlier, I lost another fantasy league by .06. Man, I, I thought, I thought that was it. I thought it was a sign that I just needed to give up, hang up um, fantasy for a while. But man, I can't imagine .01. The caption I used in the in the group chat, you know, how many fists you're going through some drywall today, Jerome? How how would you be able to handle yourself coming off of a loss like that? That's so brutal. That's so brutal. I mean, I. People just don't know how close that is. I mean, if, if a player – I mean, we're talking about one yard. One yard made all the difference, man. That's just wild. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. One yard would be point one. This is point oh one. Like, I, I, it's like – I think they get – I think quarterbacks get 25 – for every 25 passing yards, they get a point. So it's like – I mean, it's it might even be like just a couple passing yards. Like it's nuts how how to the wire this gets. It's a kneel down at the end of the game. Your quarterback loses X amount of points for that kneel down. That's the difference we're talking about here. Absolutely. Um, thankfully, I don't even know. Do you know if there have been any stat corrections this year? You, usually, typically in a season, it's like maybe like two to six on the entire year. So I know they're rare to come by, but I, I don't think I've even seen any. Um, I haven't seen any, thank God. Um, I, I mean, like I, I've seen stuff, some in the man. past, but it sucks. It's something they just got to fix right away. And especially yeah, in cases like this, I could imagine having a flip of scenarios of, of going from being a loser to a winner. It's not a good feeling. I've had that happen to me. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on here? Well, I'll tell you what to me makes it official is when you, you pull up the the app and you get that little confetti that comes down you know you're winning that that that's the feel-good moment that's when you know it's a lock for the week so <laughs> absolutely i pulled it up i said no stat corrections yahoo declared me the winner i am the week nine winner versus uh, g money but 
I am sorry, G-Money. It's a tough one, man. He's still got a hell of a team. I, I don't think you'll have problems getting in uh, playoffs, but we'll see, man. Um, but breaking down last week's stats, let me pull it up here. If you have it pulled up, Jeremy, you can start on the first one. Here, I got it pulled up. So we'll, we'll start with mine versus G-Money. Uh, what saved my ass was Lamar Jackson, 41.64 points. And, man... They've been talking about this guy having uh, quite the comebacks in the last couple matchups and throughout this year, last year. But this is a guy that always finds himself in, in pretty tight predicaments, but can rally his troops and lead his team to victory. So um, if I recall this game right, he had very limited points in the first half and just blew up in the second. But what you can expect out of Lamar Jackson is not only is he a quarterback and will get you some passing yards, but, man, this guy runs the ball. Just as much as um, a running back would. He had 21 attempts for 120 yards. There was some weird statistic out there that, you know, there have been very few times where a quarterback has, has had over 20 attempts. So this is encouraging news. He's staying hot. Um, exactly where I need to be, especially at, at this leg of the uh, um, competition. So happy where I got there. He had three passing touchdowns. So um, I love it. He, he saved my ass. He gave me exactly what I needed. But essentially washed all that out with what Justin Herbert did. Had a hell of a performance versus uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so they kind of watched each other out. But outside of that, I had, a, you know, just solid stats. Not anything ridiculous. Just a, a good mix of average of between 12 and 16 points for my guys. Um, but, you know, ultimately both our defenses just shit the bed. I mean, almost every single stat is almost comparable to both sides. But... Defense, negative point two five. I mean, Baltimore's been shit in the bed, and then Cincinnati didn't have the greatest outing versus the, the Cleveland Browns. So um, I got lucky with that one, man, especially with Christian McCaffrey. This is uh, our first time seeing him back. I think he had 106 total yards. He had 14 attempts for 52, four receptions for 54 yards. So um, it's good to see him have over 100 total yards on the game. Um, what, what did you see from Christian McCaffrey? Do you think he's back to full capacity, Jerome, or? He looked fantastic. Um, he had some speed. You know, he was wiggling around. He had power. Their offense is just so bad. Ugh. No quarterback play. No passing to take the um, the heat off of McCafferty. So, I mean, I don't know. He's in a bad. He's on a bad team, man. Rotten offense. But, well, I'll, uh, say, I'll say this. Uh, Sam Darnold, was, uh, he had an incomplete fracture of his shoulder blade. He's going to miss a couple uh, weeks, I think. If not, he's on the IR. I don't know how long. That's um, an interesting choice of words. He, he can't even complete the broken shoulder either. This guy, <laughs> man, mercy. <laughs> okay, he is on the IR, so he at least has to be out for three weeks. But how do you think this is going to impact uh, Chris McCaffrey's stat line moving forward? Do you think uh, it's going to give him more of a bump just for these – um, inexperienced quarterbacks just, you know, seeing seeing a uh, pass defense come at him or a rush defense come at him and just kind of dump the ball off to McCaffrey more or what? It's going to give him a bump in terms of an extra man or two in a box. Nobody's scared of their backup, and they're going to dare teams to throw on them. And, you know, we just got to hope our fing- or cross our fingers that Christian doesn't get hurt again running against 10 and 11-man box. Yeah, absolutely. How do you think this hurts Hubbard's value? The only reason I ask, I know he's on your uh, on your team there. So I'm not. Is, is he startable at this point? Or? 
I mean, I, I'm going to keep that guy. I mean, he's an insurance policy, so we should all have those guys on our rosters, and and I think that we do. And uh, you know, it's just it's terrible when you have to use them. But hey, man, McCafferty being hurt has probably helped me over these past few weeks get back into the, into the position that I'm in, because Chuba, while not fantastic, he was very serviceable during that time. Absolutely. He was a good uh, pickup. I know one of the two, I think you also had Dearness Johnson, too, if I recall right, for the Browns that you kind of were able to start for a week or two and, and get some value out of them. Absolutely. You know, man, I'd like uh, to go back to your Lamar Jackson uh, thing. Think about this, man. 21 rushes and 110 yards, that is, in essence, another player for your team. That's another running back. So it's like you're playing with an extra person. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, uh, it's what I need, um, especially, you know, with my injury-prone players. Uh, you know, got running backs that are they're glass, man. One, one step and they shatter. So I, I, I'm going to need it, especially some of these scary teams, man. I know Jake lost uh, uh, Derrick Henry, but still a lot of teams out there, man. And, and what I've kind of found, too, I've been really looking through and combing through people's lineups, but – what I've been seeing is, is you, you just need a, a good draft with players that, that, you know, stick close to what they're projected on the year. But not only that, what ultimately gives you that, that final touch of those one or two players that, you know, are either great waiver wire pickups are guys that you selected late, like Antonio Brown, that blow up for 25 points or very close to it week per week. And uh, you got to have one, one player that – I use the example on Jake's team as Cooper Cup. You know, you draft around seventh, eighth round, and then, you know, ultimately comes out to be a, a first-round caliber pick. So, I mean, if you could just avoid injuries, get about one breakout player that, that exceeds expectations and, and mix in about a, a good waiver wire pickup or two, and, and, and you essentially have built an unbeatable team, man. I mean, well, what's yeah. your logic with that stance? Yeah, you should be off to the races if you can do that. My philosophy is, you know, to you know, try to just draft a good team. And when you do that and you can minimize just absolutely needing to hit the, the big waiver wire pickup or, or having to trade, it just makes life so much easier. But that's it's easier said than done to do that. Because I mean well, the, the these summer projections and, and these guys get pegged where they need to go and and then inevitably somebody gets hurt, and you got to be lucky. Yeah, absolutely. But um, ah, shoot, I was going to say something. I just lost my train of thought there. Um, you, you really do. You got to get. You got to get lucky. But um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So with these players, the biggest thing that I, I've really dived deep in fantasy these last two years. I mean, I used to. This last year, I think I, I'm not even kidding. I did about 60 mock drafts. I do about two a day real quick with the new sleeper app that we have. It allows you to do a, a quick draft in, in under a minute. Um, but, you know, it gives you a general census of kind of what players you're going to get around that spot. Um, but along with that, the biggest piece of advice, which, as I stated, I've, I've tuned into a lot of podcasts, a lot of research, a lot of magazines, stuff like that, but it is to not chase injuries. Any player that's that's had a, a track record of injuries, man, just try to avoid it at all costs. So I use the example of the six running backs that are, you know, we're up there on the top of the board. 
you know, you may you may have to pass on Christian McCaffrey, but guess what? You go with a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's never had, you know, injuries in the past. It's a, it's a safer bet, and they put up, you know, relatively close numbers. Derrick Henry hasn't had a lot of injuries outside of this year. Um, Zeke Elliott, I think, for the most part. I mean, I think he's missed a game or two every now and again, but but we knew Delvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey are those guys that, you know, have had injury um, injuries in the past that has prevented them from playing what they need to play for as far as the 17-game 17, 17 series or season. Um, so it's something to think about, and, and it's the logic you used. I mean, you moved out of the first-place spot to, you know, I, I think that was your logic on that, right, was trying to avoid the injury-prone Christian McCaffrey. It was kind of my logic, but here's where I messed up. If, if I have the first pick in any of my leagues next year, I'm not going to feel pressured to take the consensus number one overall fantasy guy. Ooh, I'm going to pick exactly who I want. I don't care what people think. I don't care if people think that I'm a fish or whatever. I'm going to do what I want to do, and we'll just handle it that way. It's a good problem to have. If you're picking first overall, you get any grocery you want first. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it just, like I said, it, it's every year you kind of learn from mistakes. You learn from from what always seems to be my case is I always make that one extra stupid trade that if I would have made it, it I, I maybe have been more competitive in playoffs. But you, you do learn from it. You adjust your play style. And, and of course, that's what ultimately makes you the better fantasy player. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting to talk about, think about, you know, mindsets moving into next year in, in different draft strategies. But ultimately, as we said, sometimes it's just the fantasy gods that you can do everything right. You can put all the pieces where they need to be placed, but it, it's just up to the Madden gods, man. Fantasy Madden gods. Yeah. So going back to that matchup, though, um, did you want to touch anything else on, on G-Money versus my matchup last week? Doesn't get any closer than that, man. Uh, good game between both you guys. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. We can head off to the next matchup. I will say I am a little bit disappointed. Uh, my big pickup for the last week waiver wire was Jeremy McNichols. Um, I honestly thought, man, I've, I've asked a lot of people, I thought he was going to at least get two-thirds of, of the timeshare volume for uh, um, um, rushing attempts. So um, he kind of failed expectations, only scoring six and a half. I know I asked you, Jerome, if you'd start him, and, and of course I started Christian McCaffrey. He was playing, he's in the lineup. But, but man, seven rushing attempts, 24 yards, three targets, three receptions, 11 yards. That's a pretty pathetic stat line, especially if you let a guy that hasn't even been on the team longer than a week get more more snaps in you, more goal line presence. It hurts, man, 46 fab dollars. Yeah, I thought, I thought you had spent a bunch of your fab budget on this guy. I spent um, more than you did on Tony. So we, yeah, we both six more the same dollars. Boat, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? It hurts, man. But you got to put all your all your all your five dollars into someone. If not, you're just gonna waste it at the end of the year, you know. So he's who I wasted on. Didn't pan out. We'll move on. But uh, next matchup: uh, Buffalo Wings versus Dan's mom. Um, man. Very interesting here. He mentioned it. Uh, Tua was out. You think if he would have put someone different in there, he would have maybe pulled out the victory? What do you What do you take on this one? Wow, Dan's mom team just did, they didn't show up to the party. Uh, Van Jefferson getting you seven points. Uh, 
Yeah, he would have needed late. 15 points. I'm trying to see who he would have started. Maybe Jared Goff. I think he was on the bench. But then again, man, these guys struggled to even get these these waiver quarterbacks. I mean, it's uh, he was on a bye last or yeah bye last week. So he didn't play. I don't know it would have been so close maybe. with one of those waiver quarterbacks, man. Maybe Tyrod Taylor. Let's see what he is. No, he played like dirt on Sunday. Dan's mom still would have lost. Tyrod Taylor, nine points. Yeah, it wasn't 15, so he would have failed there. Um, you know, there's still a, a, a decent shot that, like you said, even if he would have swapped that, that quarterback position out, that it would have came up a little bit shy. So, uh, But, I mean, yeah, that hurts, man. Like I said, those goose eggs aren't any good, but... Um, well, I mean, Buffalo and Wings, they needed the W, too, man. I'm sure they were hungry. James Conner clearly got the message with a 40-point game. <laughs> That's wild, man. Um, 21 rushing attempts, 96 rushing yards, two touchdowns, five targets, five receptions, 77 yards. We could just keep going on and on. It was a James Conner kind of night. Um, perfect time for him to come through. As you mentioned, it was a must-win for Buffalo Wings. And uh, a lot of other guys, like I said, didn't really underperform. Aaron Jones did. I know, uh, I think he got out. Um, Aaron Jones, or I'm sorry, A.J. Dillon had a little, I think one or two more touches than he did. But um, outside of Aaron Jones, I mean, he had uh, in Hardman. He didn't do a whole lot. I don't know what to make of the Chiefs this year, man. I keep watching them, waiting for them to blow up, man. They, had, they played against the Packers with Jordan Love. Terrible game. Terrible, terrible, terrible game for Jordan Love. They just pounded the rock. And, man, I was actually surprised how close that game actually was. Well, last week when I spoke on the Chiefs and how the defenses are going to play them, one of the adjustments that I would make is I would put Patrick Mahomes, Hondon, right up under the center, and I would bring in two tight ends, and we're going to run the ball down your throats. Because that that trying to like hand the ball off out of the shotgun, that's not effective. They're, they're not they're not getting like really good yards out of that when they try to do that nonsense. So more power formations and just run the ball down teams' throats. Yeah, um, I agree. They don't get that running start being in that um, um, right behind the center there. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, kind of a boring game. But um, you know, put up the t- put up the points you needed to. Nothing special. James Conner obviously led his team to that victory. Uh, a down night for Matthew Stafford, only scoring 16 points against Tennessee's defense. Um, I don't know if you watched that game. Back to back interceptions, man. And not only were they interceptions, they were pick sixes both times. I mean, that's that's a momentum shift that that is almost insurmountable. I mean, it's just it's tough coming back from something like that, man. I mean, that'll just beat you up mentally, but. Well, the, the the one interception in the end zone where it's almost like he closed his eyes and just threw the ball down the field right to a Tennessee defender. Is it my diseased imagination, or was he trying to copy Carson Wentz from the week before? <laughs> Did the exact well, same it's, thing. It's, yeah, it's tough. He just wanted to try to avoid that safety, you know, the odd chance that they actually do intercept the ball. But um, it, it, it's tough. I mean, you got to be – you got to be more aware of the situation and uh, a little bit smarter at the ball. Obviously, you'd rather take the two points than turn the ball over and have him score a full touchdown. So, um, but again, the the odd chance that the actual percentage of that, you know, being an interception, it, it just was not their night. So, uh, no, but uh, but Dan's mom. I mean, uh, even if he had a quarterback in there, let's say another, you know, 
15, 20 points. I mean, a little, little bit of a down week from Dan's mom. We, this is a guy coming off of, uh, you know, three high-point fantasy weeks. Is he uh, is he kind of mellowing out at the wrong time of the year? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's a little bit of coaching right there, and, and it's very, very difficult from his, like, point of view. I don't know that I would have played – uh, Devonte Smith either, but Devonte Smith decided to like have a decent game. hadn't had a decent game outside of what I, I think he did okay the first game of the year. He caught a touchdown, but this guy's been middling at best. And but but he started Van Jefferson over Dante Smith and I, or Devonte Smith, and I I don't know if that I don't know that's tough. Yeah, I probably would have started Van Jefferson also with his previous history. I mean, when you get Devonta Smith, what's got two points, eleven points, five points, he is just too inconsistent. And the Eagles are one of those teams that it's it's boomer bust, man. But um, but yeah, yeah I mean, the biggest know. thing is you're not seeing you're not seeing Derrick Henry in your lineup that that's giving you the forty points. So we are replacing Derrick Henry with a guy like Van Jefferson. So the difference is thirty three points. I mean, that would have put him at his usual, you know, 150 that he normally hits. So um, it is going to be a little bit of a grind. I I think Derrick Henry is going to be out for the remainder of the season. So we'll see how that pans out. But definitely helps the guys in the back of the pack, like you and me, that are, are trying to go up for that position. So uh, well, opportunity it, it for goes, us to claim the throne. It goes deeper than that because I didn't even know this until you said something. Teams 2 through 10 are one game apart. Exactly. It's it's That's open wild. season, man. You got to realize at this point, I mean, it, it comes down to points four. I mean, I'm within 20 points of, of pack slap, the guy ahead of me. So you were within a point of him. I mean, it's, it's you know, very minimal margins that these guys are, are, are clumped next to each other. So it's... Uh, it's going to be a battle, and it, yeah, I love it. It's interesting. There's no team that, that's guaranteed out of it. You know, usually during this time, there's a team that is, you know, um, uh, you know, two and two and eight, you know, something along those lines. But um, it's going know, to come down to this, man. If things stay clumped up like this together, there's going to be some decent teams with decent records that get left out due to the tiebreaker. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I've I've had many seasons. I, I've maybe had a couple where it comes down to six and seven at the same record. It comes down to point four, but man, I got a feeling it's going to come down to four teams and it's going to be the most points for, um, which is wild to think about. You know, it, it's just, you, you know, it's not even about winning games. It's about putting up a big a big number too. So I mean, winning a game and getting high points would be huge. Well, that's uh, this, what makes uh, this, this thing so close because look. The eight and nine teams, Muffalo Wings is number eight. He's got almost 1,400 points. He's got 1,395. And in G Money at four and five, he's got 1,388. Compared to, like, say, my 1,294, dude, I'm losing any kind of tiebreaker to these guys. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It should be if it were by points four, you know, they'd be in third and fourth place. It's wild, though. But ultimately, you know, again, schedule is part of uh, the fantasy gods. They they dictate, you know, matchups, and uh, you know they'll get their shot. And they're they're going to get their record up, and it's just going to even get more and more competitive the weeks as we go on. Absolutely! Wow, look at this. <laughs> it's crazy to look <laughs> I can't at. I love how doing tight that, that uh, is. 
for any of those guys that don't really know what Stat Tracker is, it's it's such a useful tool and it allows me to kind of get an idea and gauge where standings would be. Um, obviously, you have that game on Monday night, but I like to see kind of where the standings would be at the end of Sunday. But again, if you log on the uh, uh, those have a computer or you got to use your web browser on your phone, but go to the actual website. Go over to there's a little tab that says Stat Tracker. Click on that, you can go to live standings. But I'm telling you, man, I look at that every Sunday night just to kind of see. Obviously, it'll fluctuate a little bit, but as far as majority of teams that have all their players that have played, you can kind of see where you're at, where the point's for, and stuff like that. So it's such a useful tool to use to kind of gauge standings um, Sunday night. So do you ever look at that, drum? Do you ever pay attention to? No, I didn't, but I, I need to start looking at that because um, I'm waiting until Tuesday you know, morning to see, you know, what the new, you know, standings are. And uh, it would be nice to see something like that on a Sunday. Absolutely. Now, when I'm calling you every Sunday, it seems like I'm always waking up from a nap, man. You, you tuning into these football games and then you're kind of setting your lineups. And they, I think that DraftKings is getting to the best of you, man. It's just wiping you out right around noon to two. You're, you're out for a snoozer for the day. Hey, man, I'm up late, you know, consuming information, trying to uh, find that angle. And, uh, yeah, man, by the time the games kick off, yeah, I'm a little bit, you know, sleepy. I will say rivalries continue to build. <clears throat> I kind of like seeing, I know, at the beginning of the year, everyone thought um, they are teaming up on Nick, man, but everyone's kind of fitting into the pack. They're kind of having that friend, friendly rivalry going. I really think it would be, man, if we set up some boxing matches, you know, get some <laughs> of that anger out during during some of our... Tony, man, we can do some fun stuff. We can We can absolutely do some fun stuff for draft time and... At, at minimum, like I said, do something fun for for determining the uh, the draft order. I know in the past I've just kind of drawn names out of a hat, but I think we should do some kind of challenge or uh, a game to kind of see what happens there. Um, hey, I'm all for it. Whatever, uh, whatever gets the uh, gets gets the aggression going in the league. I love so. We'll move on from that one. Buffalo Wings did take the win, one thirty one to one seventeen. Uh, next matchup. Another tough one for uh, Zach. I think the reason why he's avoiding this podcast for the week. It's tough, man. He's like you, Jerome. You've admitted it yourself. It's tough to come off these these such slight, minimal losses, man. Especially when you get guys performing, you know, what some of his players did, like uh, Nick Chubb, who scored 33 points. Uh, it's it's tough. And I don't know if you saw this, too, but sorry, go ahead. Well, Joe Burrow let him down this week. And, they did. You know, it, it sucks. It, it, that's he and Trevor Lawrence, man. They combine for like thirteen points, you, dude. You're not gonna win like that with both nope. your quarterbacks combining for that. No way. Exactly. He had uh, Nick Chubb, who obviously carried his team there, thirty three points. I don't know if anyone's tuned into this, but Nick Chubb also uh, last yesterday was declared on the uh, COVID list. He's doubtful for Week Ten versus the Patriots. So, you know. It is uh, unfortunate, but it just seems that injuries, COVID, stuff like that always seems to plague uh, uh, Zach's team, which is unfortunate, man. I know it sucks, too, when you go out and any kind of the, you know, I've been stressing this all year. I finally got my team healthy where I want it, man. You, you build this team in hopes that they're healthy and then something goes wrong, whether, like I said, it's a domestic dispute or COVID-19 or, or injuries, you know. They always seem to uh, to screw things up and, and, and screw you in the end. So, well, then, yeah, as you said, Drum. Uh, well, well a slap in, in Zach's face is he played 
Well, let me see here. He played Michael Carter, and Michael Carter got him a whopping nine points. Well, Naheem Hines, who's on the bench, you never know when to play this guy. And and he decides to get 20.8 points. That would have been the difference between winning and losing for Zach this week. But but it's tough to know when that guy's going to show up and play. Well, absolutely. And that kind of goes, I think that was two podcasts ago that I was telling you, that if you think ultimately by the end of the year that player is going to finish better, you should start them week after week, ignore the matchups. But exactly what you said. I mean, if you don't do it that way, you are going to miss out on opportunities, like you said, a a 20-point game. You know what I mean? So out of nowhere. It is hard, and I get it. I mean, this is a, a little bit of a different case with Naheem Hines scoring 1, 1. 1.8, 3.2, 2.0. I mean, honestly, this guy wouldn't even be on my roster if I saw that. Um, you know, we're past the trade deadline. He's not going anywhere. This guy's just not seeing action. Um it's just tough yeah, to have it, guys like that on your team, man, because you don't know when to play them. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's tough, too. Um, but, you know, Darren Waller showing up a little bit more, scoring uh, 16 points. He's kind of had some down weeks in the past, so not a crazy performance, but but good enough to give you that bump that usually you need to get over the hump there to get that victory. Um, one, one of the better options, I know this is a high trade target, was uh, Michael Pittman, man. He's... A guy that in the past has had some mediocre weeks, but is just blowing it up week after week. I mean, he's at 23-30, 16.4. This guy is continually seeing a decent amount of targets. He had 15 last week, um, only four the week before that. But Carson Wentz is heating up, man. And uh, right now is the time that you need to start getting players that are, that are hot. Um, you want to continue that momentum into playoff time. And I think Michael Pittman's going to be a lock for the rest of the year for, for Zach. So um, definitely help out there. And then outside of his QBs, man, I mean, that's ultimately what screwed him in this one. But um, was a winnable week. I mean, Nick usually puts up 150. He had a little bit of a down week with with uh, Josh Allen. This is the most interesting thing. Did you watch that game, Jerome? I watched NFL Red Zone, so I got to see Josh Allen sacking Josh Patrick Allen. Oh, my God. It, it was so funny, man. I, I heard it on another podcast, but this guy was so excited about this. Like, such a meaningless stat. Like, it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. It's pretty pretty cool, but the way this guy was talking about it. I mean, what's, what's the guy's name that does the the? I don't know his Red name, Zone. but he was excited. Oh, man. I mean, if you haven't heard this, I mean... You didn't have to be watching Red Zone to hear about this. I mean, it was all over the place. But And get this. Josh Allen was just sacked by Josh Allen. I mean, he said it about eight times. That was good And stuff, then it was man. great because it kept building and building. I mean, not too long after that, he goes, so earlier we had Josh Allen sacked by Josh Allen. But now Josh Allen threw the ball and was intercepted by Josh Allen. It was every time. It's funny. But he had a sack, he had an interception, he had a forced fumble. So, I mean, Josh Allen was the name of the week, if you haven't tuned into uh, Red Zone. I know Jake always puts it up there for the group chats. But, but man, I, I was dying with how excited that guy was. I, I wish I had some of his excitement for for some of my day-to-day tasks. But I, I love it, man. That's what makes it fun. But, yeah, for any, any of you guys that didn't tune in, that was the first time in history that a player was sacked by a, a guy on the opposing team with the same exact name. So Josh Allen was a highlight. Never happened but he did, before. 
he did have a little bit of a down night. I mean, a little bit of a down night. He had 12 points, so for him, that's that's definitely a bust. And I think if I recall right, that was one of the ones we were thinking about betting for the week was the Jets, that the uh, the upset there. Uh, sorry, the Jaguars upsetting the um, – weren't, weren't they a 13-point? It was a bunch of points, man. I, I wasn't comfortable with uh, – Buffalo covering that, but by the same token, Buffalo had been covering those big spreads. Well, that's I what I remember you saying. Stay away I was from like, it. I remember that just like it was yesterday. He said Jacksonville. He goes, I don't know, man. Bills have been running over everyone, which which is true. I mean, that's the truth. They played some easy teams. I mean, Miami, Washington, Houston. I mean, their whole chart's green if you look at Josh Allen's previous matchups. But they have been running guys over. But the Jags, man, they got in their head, which. Uh, um. I mean, what a win, beating the the Bills, man. I mean, that's pretty impressive. They haven't had such an impressive season, uh, the Jaguars themselves, but still an accomplishment, man. You know, something they need to maybe make a last-minute push for, for playoffs themselves. So Debo Samuels kind of uh, shortened down a little bit. Um, his uh, his colleague there, Ayuk, is starting to see a little bit more. I know, I can't, I don't know who picked him up in our league, but he's, uh, I think, out there for, for 96, I think, percent. Of, of the snaps I think Debo Samuels at like 95 so they're both in almost every play that that offense runs Keenan Allen finding his groove there at 25 he's been you know, kind of majority share leader now I know Mike Williams in the past has been giving him a run for his money and uh Eckler down week for him only at 11 points but uh yeah I mean must win for for Zach he, he wasn't able to capitalize on it doesn't help with the QBs but you know, especially with 130, man, that, that's a very manageable win to pull off. Um, Nick got lucky on this one. Well, that, I mean, think about it. That's, that's Nick's bad, like, day. That, that's his floor. Man, this dude, he got a Super Bowl roster in, in my eyes. He's loaded, man. Josh Allen ain't scoring 11 points every week. You know, that, that's as low as that's, that's as rotten as that gets for him. Debo Samuel is a true number one. That dude is a stud. And, and you know, Eckler is solid. I mean, he got A.J. Brown. I mean, this guy got weapons and points all over his roster. Good God. Trust me, I know. I got to deal with it this week. Yeah, I mean, Nick always has a solid team uh, week in, week out, season in, season out. I mean, he, he's always there. It's It's – Kind of bizarre for me to see him as low as he is on the charts right now. I mean, granted, like I said, one point dif- or one game differential, but um, but yeah, it, it's a little odd, man. And all it shows is that the competition just builds and builds and builds. Well, think about this. You say one forty is about what you need to like, you know, your your team's doing okay, you know, if, if you want to have a chance to win every week. Nick's guys didn't perform. <laughs> And he was still flirting with 140. <laughs> so when he hits two, maybe even three of those guys bumping against their ceiling, yeah, he's going over to 200-point mark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he found a, a solid replacement there. I know Heineke probably has about one game left in the tank before um, Fitzmagic comes out, um, but has, has found a very suitable replacement. I mean, Justin Fields, someone that, doesn't always have a solid performance, but it's been fine in 20-plus points in the last two matchups. So, again, if they're hot, man, roll with them. Roll with them into playoffs. Keep the train moving. Well, speaking of Justin Fields, what are they doing with this guy, man? Because 
if, if, if I was the owner of the Bears, I would fire uh, that naggy guy today. Oh, he would have been out weeks Goodbye. ago. Because he's not helping Justin Fields. He didn't even he, he didn't want the guy to, um, to to play in a preseason, and it's almost like he's he's just against him. So I, 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 did somebody did the general manager pick Justin Fields because you know Matt Nagy hasn't like embraced him like I think he could have. They they're not doing anything to like highlight his skills, and this guy is a stud when he gets out in the open and starts running and stuff, man. So if they, if he's I getting mean, the right offense, he's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous player. Absolutely, I mean he's like a mini Lamar Jackson, not not quite his caliber, but you know, two three years in the making, I think he could potentially be where Lamar Jackson is. So, absolutely, I agree with that. I, I think they need to kind of give him a little leeway, let him play his game, do what he does best. You know, encourage him to run the ball. I know he took a couple big hits last week. He's got to learn to slide, man, if he wants to stick around. Yes, he does. We, we saw some brutal hits on, on Joe Burrow earlier in the season. But, you know, as long as he can slide, I mean, he can be – he can he can roll out, he can scramble, he can run for a couple uh, uh, rushing yards. But, man, he's got he's to find the ground before, uh, you know, the opposing helmets find him. So, but, uh, but yeah, very uh, tough matchup for Zach. Um uh, again, probably going to be one of those teams that that needs to go um, four and two in these last six matchups for the year to to be competitive there for playoffs. But uh, yep, Goon Squad won that one, uh, 130 on the button to 127.5. So next matchup we got uh, the Chili Peckers versus King Savage pulled up a five point marginal win. Congrats to uh, Jason's team. As I mentioned, Carson Wentz man finding his rhythm. This is a guy, I mean, look at his stats, man. This is, he's probably, what, top seven quarterback? I mean, 30, 24, 23, 22, 34, 22. I mean, this, this guy's had one one week under 20 points. I mean, that that's as solid as you can ask for. And he's had a couple games of, of, of scoring low to mid-30s, so. Um, he's been solid, man. Uh, granted, the one game under been a 20 bit points, easier. I think, is that, the, is that the week he, like, had two twisted ankles on the same play? Maybe no, that was the week before, game. I think. Aaron Donald got him, and, and then he didn't perform well the next week in Tennessee. He's got 7.7 points. Yeah. But he's been solid ever since. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of guys, Jason Jason thrives in the waivers. I mean, Patterson was a guy that he found early that, that has been putting up consistent stats each week. Brandon Cook's not this week, but in the past has been that player that he drafted late that – has been a stud and, and then blown up like we've talked about earlier today. And uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers tied in there. Pat, I don't even know how to pronounce Friar Muth. Friar Muth. Um, another, another solid waiver wire pickup, man. I mean, that's ultimately where I think Jason even finds his footing in the standings now is his waiver wire uh, action. So well, he's been very solid on that. Gave him the win. Absolutely, but um, I know this is a guy that kind of gave up Hunter Renfro, another, Hunter Renfro, another guy that has been putting up um, very steady stats. Um, so, yeah, those waiver wire moves, giving him the win there. King Savage and Matt Ryan scored 32 uh, two points. Uh, Alvin Kamara scoring 20. That's what led his team there, but ultimately the downfall was uh, CeeDee Lamb, man. It hurts when he scores as many as this. I mean, that's this part of the Cowboys offense, man. I... I have Amari Cooper. 
there are going to be those weeks that these guys score like five points, whether it's Dak Prescott being injured in the backups in, or, you know, it's just either a CD kind of night or Amari uh, Cooper kind of night. So it's hard, man. It, it makes it difficult, especially I think he was a fourth-round draft pick. Um, but, uh, I mean, King Savage still in great great shape. He, he didn't have a bad week by any means or passed that 140-milestone mark. But, um, you know, Jason's waiver wires and uh, – Last-minute switches ultimately gave him that little bit of a five-point bump. So anything else you want to add on this matchup? Well, C.D. Lamb, man, his floor, man, he's got a when – he played, when they played the Carolina Panthers, he had 3.3 points. And then this past week against Denver, he had 4.3 points. But you can't – what are you going to do, sit the guy so he can erupt for like 39.1 points like he did against New England. Yeah, I mean, you just that's just such a wide range. You know, so yeah. I mean, his team he, will probably go as CD Lamb goes. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't clearly bench this guy, but I mean, he's had three performances under 10 points. So, again, when we talk about Boomer Bust, man, for a guy that's drafted in the 4th round, you know, you do want to at least see those consistent stats of games at least over 10 points, but um, still a solid team. I mean, we look down on his bench. He's got Taysom Hill. He's going to come back be a phenomenal quarterback. He's got Montgomery. He's got Gronkowski. He's got Antonio Brown. He's, this guy's got depth. So, you know, I, I think he's going to find the wins that are, are going to be necessary for him to get that, that playoff run, playoff contention. And even if he uh, does find himself in some tight situations with injuries, I mean, he's got good depth uh, of, of his bench, so that ultimately is going to be very helpful come playoff time when uh, opposing teams are struggling with keeping guys healthy. Yeah, I see he has Antonio Brown on the bench. That guy is still in a, a walking boot. So I don't know what kind of ankle injury he has, but to be in a walking boot for, what, two or three weeks? I well, mean, here, here's, what, here's what the recent update says. Antonio Brown doesn't practice, but he sheds his walking boot. Oh, thank God! So today's today's his first day without the walking boot. But, but man, I, I'll, I'll tell you, and you, you've talked about this before. There, there's nothing worse. I'd rather just have a player be announced and and you know done for the season than to give you this possible upside of every week, like seeing this this slight optimistic, you know, note taken from some guy on the sidelines, like Antonio Brown shed his boot. Antonio Brown doing light workouts. Antonio Brown is on a treadmill. Antonio Brown, you know. Took a couple tackles today. There's nothing worse than the thinking a guy's going to come back and making progress just to carry out this this false hope of, of return all season. I mean, that, that is brutal. Well, they didn't lead on how serious the injury was. They just, you know, made it sound like it was old minor lateral ankle sprain. And I don't know what the hell was wrong with this guy's leg, but for him to be in a boot this long and, and not being able to move, I mean... They they never let on that it was this serious. Well, I understand too. It is a um, advantage for these teams to kind of give that false hope, just so defenses, you know, could potential potentially be playing against Antonio Brown. So it is a bit of a strategy. They want to postpone it as long as possible before they actually are required to put out the injury report. But sucks for us, man. It, it's, come on, this should be about us, not them. It should be about us. We're playing fantasy football. <laughs> it's fresh. We need the real updates. <laughs> It is, it is very frustrating for sure, but uh, great depth. We'll move on from this one. Um, ultimately, Chili Packers 152.73 to 147.48. 
So we got two more matchups. We'll roll through these real quick. Pack Slaps Busted Bums beat a demoralizing Karen, uh, sorry, QK Aaron's crew. Q Karen's crew. I, I can't say that right, man. I give up on that thing. First off, let, let's let's talk some Aaron Rodgers. What what what's your view on Aaron Rodgers? I want, I want to hear this from you. Uh, Aaron got caught with his pants down, trying to be slick and talking slick, you know, with his words. And you know, we got to eat crow now. So here's the deal. He said he was immunized. He didn't say he was vaccinated. So he didn't lie. <laughs> I'm biased. I'm a Packers fan, but it was very misleading. It, it may have been misleading, but did you see the news about him being allergic to to the or a main ingredient in mRNA that these vaccinations have had? And with that said, you know, do you think uh, he's justified? I mean, there comes a point where you know that is that really someone's business to know whether he's vaccinated or not. I understand if he is around these players, he's putting them at potential risk for getting and contracting COVID. But what was your take on that? I don't know if it's public information. I mean, it was asked in a public arena, and you know, he ultimately decided to answer the question the way that he did. But I, a part of me tends to think that that's uh, company business. So, you know, I mean, Aaron does not look good, man. He took a little bit of a PR hit, and I think it's had a little bit of an effect on him on top of everything else. And and I would be shocked if he plays on Sunday. I think uh, it, it's it's unlikely for sure. I think they said that the earliest he can come back is Saturday. Um, and, and to keep in mind, too, I mean, it's not only that he can't play, but he can't be in the actual facility working he out throwing passes. Exactly. So... It's going to be a last-minute kind of like quick workout. I mean, I still have faith that if that were the case, he'd be fine. But, uh, I mean, that's best-case scenario. So, um, But uh, the more important thing, State Farm is slowing their roll on the commercials. I don't know for people that have tuned into that. but I didn't know that. They, they stand by and This was their statement. They stand by them. However, they, they've decreased the amount of views that they put out on commercials. So... There's still going to be that discount double check for all the people out there wondering. So with that said, though, uh, Jordan Love was who uh, um, Karen Screw had to play this week. He had, I don't even know how he had 14. That guy sucked. I didn't like seeing him. I didn't like him on the field. The play, the play call was, was very clear. It was pound the rock. We're only going to pass the ball if it's, if it's greater than third and ten. I tell you what, man, I got a little bit of a different take on that. Um, I think Jordan Love will be okay. I think he could have got a little bit better um, execution on some of the plays, in particular the line. Every time I turned around, this guy had some linebacker or, or, or lineman in his face, and and he's had, he's trying to make these throws and these tight windows off funny platforms, man. That's just it, – I think we need to give it a little bit more time, man. And um, you know, clean having let this guy throw from a clean pocket. Yeah, I will give you that. Um, also, I mean, at bare minimum, can we give his his wife and his mom better seats in the nosebleeds? Did you, that did you pay attention to that? <laughs> they, they, they needed that, a daggone parachute to was, get back to the car, man. <laughs> that was the furthest back he could possibly go. 
Not to mention that once they once they actually found him in the crowd, they had wow. to zoom in. It took a couple seconds to get their full face to the camera. There, I think it's a bad look, man. I mean, it's cute, ha ha, he he, but show some class, man. Those are women, and and put them in the in the press box in a luxury suite or something. Don't do that, man. Oh, that's so, so tacky. I mean, hey. Jasmine asked me this. She goes, what's up? Does he not make much money? And we we actually looked up his contract. I mean, this guy is getting $12.38 million, I think, on a four-year deal. He's guaranteed 6.6. So, I mean, at at bare minimum, you think, you know, like I said, you get these guys seats there a little bit better than what they were, but uh, also something that, that stood out from the week watching some football. So That was ridiculous how far up they were. But uh, but yeah, Jay Love started for him. He had 14 points, um, and then uh, he, he man, this is brutal. The fact that Greg Zerloin, I had him on another team or another fantasy league, didn't even attempt a kick. I, I'm not even talking a field goal. I'm talking about a, a point after attempt. Not even Yikes. one. It is wild. And now the guy finds himself on COVID. So yeah, I mean, you just got to drop that guy. But alongside of that, That's man, so he's gross. got two other players. He's got Mike Davis scoring 1.8 points. Nine, uh, nine rushing attempts for 13 rushing yards. This guy's averaging like 1.2 rushes, uh, rushing yards per attempt. I mean, miserable. 1.8. He's got uh, uh, Jacoby Myers scoring also 1.8. Um, just just a brutal week for uh, Karen Screw there. I mean, I, what's the highest score? Colt McCoy, you're in danger when Colt McCoy scores the most points Actually, for you. Actually, it was the defense, the Browns' defense. Oh, yeah. Totally missed that. Okay, it is the defense. That was an outstanding performance by the the Browns. We predicted that game. Yeah, we did. Um, but, but, yeah, just a brutal week. I mean, I've been there. I know other people have been there. Any week over 100 points, you just shake your head. And I'm telling you, that, that's one of those that, that continues with you for a couple weeks it's just about as frustrating as losing by some of these slim margins that we've experienced this week. So yeah, when nobody um, performs, yeah. But it is encouraging on the on the flip side of that, like uh, you know someone like Nick that you have only twelve points out of Patrick Mahomes, uh, a boom week, and uh, Tyreek Hill seven points, another boom performance. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, bust. I'm saying this all wrong. Yeah, those bust, 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 bust performance. Uh, Braylon Edwards, not even catching a pass. You think without Henry Ruggs, this guy would get a couple targets? I mean, geez. Uh, but uh, again, another week that this is going to continue to haunt. Well, who Jason. would have thought that that pack slaps busted bums after that Thursday night game of a forty-point performance from Jonathan Taylor would be what thirty-three percent of his points of, of the whole week? Nobody else wanted to play. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I got to wave it out there again. Uh, Jason, do you remember uh, Jonathan Taylor? You remember that guy? I always feel bad, man. It's going to continue to haunt him. I'll maybe let go of that joke uh, once the year concludes. Um, he did put on the group chat. He goes, he's going to make some trades. I just I hope that guy thinks about it. You know, doesn't doesn't go out drinking tonight, clicking some buttons on fantasy, you know, Yahoo settings, stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, um, Garoppolo finally having a game for himself. I mean, this is a guy I dropped earlier. Um, not not really seeing a whole lot of potential. He's injured. He was scoring 11, 19, 8, points like that. But recently here he's been finding his rhythm, scoring 24, 27 the last two weeks. So 
I, I think very playable, maybe till playoff time. Um, oh, probably will have be those. fun now that Kittle's back. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, Ayuk um, is acting like, you know, he knows how to play football. He's going to be okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, very viable option there. Um, as you stated, 49ers have weapons if this guy can just stay healthy. I mean, he always seems to have an injury every three weeks or so. But um, outside of that, he's got Adrian Peterson. Very salty about it that I invested my fab dollars in the wrong guy. I should have known, man. Adrian Peterson is one of my favorite Favorite guys to play the NFL. Again, another another guy that at one point faced legal trouble with the whole switch situation a couple years back. But, um, yeah, been one of my hands-down favorite players. And, I mean, is this guy going to go as long as Frank Gore? When, when is this guy like going to hang it up? It. I don't even know what, what, what year he started. i got to Google this I one. I think here. Peterson was a rookie in 07. That's just off the top exactly of my head. Right. No, you're right. So this is his 14th year playing. So I think Frank Gore, I think something's telling me like 20 years Frank Gore's been in the league. God, I know Frank Gore. Gore, I want to say he came into the league at 03, 04. So 05. It was 05. Okay. If Adrian Peterson can keep it up, you know, three more years, he's got him beat in that category. But, um, but yeah, he finally gets to start Jamar Chase for the first time on his team, not putting up a huge performance. But, I mean, it was just a dud week for the Bengals in all. So, um, but yeah, I mean, encouraging. You got a guy putting up a goose egg. You got defense scoring 3.5, and ultimately you got your, your, your two best players scoring 19 points. I mean, 20 points combined. So, um, yeah, it was a low week, but man, I'm telling you, that's, that's still a good feeling when you know you have a bad week and you still pull out the win. So, ultimately, a win is a win, puts them up in the, uh, the standings, and, uh, you know, puts them up uh, against uh, <clears throat> next week's matchup. So, Anything else you want to add on that matchup? Well, plus he has George Kittle sitting in the bullpen. So, you know, man, he, he gets Zach Ertz out of there and start playing Kittle every week, man. He's going to be a okay. He's going to be another what, tough what, out in the playoffs. What are we making of tight ends this year? I mean, let's get rid of tight ends. Let's get rid of kickers. Let's get rid of D. Let's just have quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. Let's make this a very simplified league. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been weird for tight ends, though, man. I mean, well, you got one or two guys, and then you you and, have you know, like obviously a, a tier, but like below that, and then everybody else is do we even, touchdown or bust guys. Do do we even have one or two in the league? I mean, Kelsey and Waller, but man, those okay. guys. And then those let's guys take it to that like next fifteen tier. point tops. The, the next tier would probably be the uh, Mark Andrews guy. Um. I was going to say, Mark Andrews even is, is very uh, inconsistent. The, the uh, George Kittle guy. So Mark Andrews, 6, 7, okay, he's at 44. He's not bad, but, you know, 10, 11, 5, 6, he's at 9. Yeah, but those other guys that are below that, those guys can get you zero points, and you're, or, or you can hope for, like, you know, 8 or 9 points if they cut, catch a touchdown. There's just a bunch What's of just guys. That's the thing about you, too, that I've kind of learned to realize is it almost seems that for the tight end position in today's game, it almost seems like a, a touchdown-dependent position where if they don't score that, man, they're not putting up many points. Yardage receptions just isn't cutting it in today's NFL. So, But we got uh, we a 12-team league. I, I, there's not enough tight ends to go around. There's maybe, what, eight? 
that that that, yeah. that you know every week will, will, will probably get you something. Yeah, for sure. And then you got a couple streaming options. I know Nick's got Conklin. I got um, you know a couple of the Dallas guys that are in and out. Um, Knox has been in there. So yeah, definitely a couple names that you throw around that are waiver wire. You know, plug and chugs for the week, but. But yeah, that tight end position, man, get, gets rough. Gets uh, pretty hectic. Yeah, it's um, tough. Then we got Charleston Storm. High points for the week, 160. That That's among one of the lower ones for high points a week. Usually we get about 180. It, I mean, it's just been a down week. Players just aren't hitting projections this week. It's It's been it a weird It was a funny one, week in the NFL this week. Absolutely, but you got you, you beat Saquon by quite quite the margin there, one sixty to ninety seven, um, and uh, Mixon, man, I, I, I'm rooting for you. But man, when I see Mixon putting up the numbers he's putting up, you know, ever since I traded him to you, I think I traded him to you what week six. That's right when he started to pop off. Yeah, give or take. But uh, listen, your time is coming on Sunday. <laughs> Well, Dalvin Cook's getting his groove on against the Chargers. Believe that. Well, I will say, too, if you look at it, he's faced some of the easier defenses, which is why he's popped off to what he has. Cleveland had a down game. That was a fluke. Outside of that, he's played, he faced the Jets, the the, uh, the Ravens, and the Lions. So, I mean, very weak defenses that you should be putting up these numbers. So Absolutely. it'll be a true test here to see. We got a, a bye week, you know, what we're, what we're going through now. And, uh, you know, some tougher matchups to finalize the season. So we'll, uh, we'll see Joe Mixon's true colors. I honestly got to say I'm surprised we haven't encountered any kind of injuries at this point, which is why I wanted to get him off my team. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the big hit on your team, uh, Tony, man. I mean, a guy that comes back putting up the numbers that he did before he got injured. Um, 1.7. Oof, that is, that's tough. So here's the thing, man. He is a... a poor man's version of cd slam <laughs> because this this is his floor right here but what what did he have against the cowboys man his, his ceiling is um is it 35.6 yeah, so <laughs> once again what are you gonna do just leave the guy on the bench for him to erupt well, I'll, I'll just say this, dude. Danny Jones is not a bad quarterback. I know a lot of guys want to give this guy shit, but he, he's he's a very solid pick. I mean, I would trade back for him right now. If Saquon is listening, send me a trade. We'll work something out. But Danny Dimes, man, don't sleep on Danny Dimes. I mean, if you he's believe got a very, in that guy, I, I can see that. But it, it, the knock on him is he always done something goofy, man. Like when, when he was running 70 yards untouched, on Monday night football and he trips over the 10 yard line. That is that kind of stuff, man. Or, or, or well, somebody runs by and sacks him and a ball just inevitably comes out. He's a goofy looking guy. He runs goofy. He stumbles goofy. He throws goofy. The guy's goofy. We'll, we'll definitely admit that. But that, man, that, I'm telling you, knock. if this guy finds himself in the zone, he's rock solid. I mean, we, we've seen him put up 39 points. He's got the potential. He's, yes, he's, he does. What what's hurting him and what's bringing him down is his wide receiver core. These guys can't stay healthy. Um, they're banged up, but I, I do believe in Danny Dimes. I think I think late this season, if he can manage to get a healthy uh, healthy wide receiver core, I think they'll be just fine. Um, but yeah, going back to this matchup, 
Sorry, go ahead. Well, Saquon can stay healthy. You know, once they when they get him back, that's going to help everybody out. I think. What well, too? I mean, it's so predictable. I mean, you got when uh, when you're when you're passing the ball, they know you're going to pass the ball. It makes it that much more difficult. So you get that run game going. You, you kind of pound them up the middle. Uh, you know, it opens up more options for these wide receivers on that one-on-one coverage to break out and, and find some some space between them. So, um, but yeah, solid performance. You got Kirk Cousins not too long ago putting up a solid uh, 26 points. A uh, good rebound from the week prior to that. Um, Claypool only getting 7.3. You certainly get worried about him. Yeah, because he has a toe injury, man, and uh, he's not going to be right. And I don't know what it. I'd have to look at the practice report. I don't know if he practiced today or not. So what they say about him, the latest on him is is today at 5:23. Chase Claypool considered week to week in uh, um, rapper Chase Claypool's considered week to week advice. The initial fear was Claypool's season was over, but it was noted that it was uh, avoided the worst and will return likely at some point this year. Hey, maybe we'll have a week to week for the, just the the rest of the year. How about that? Could be back, sheds his boot on the treadmill, taking tackles, taking catches. Oh, he's out for the year. It's a problem for me, man, because we're thin this week, and uh, we're beat up. So I got people on bars, and uh, we'll probably take one on the chin this week. Uh, I'm all out of uh, magic tricks, man. Oh. <laughs> Just got to shuffle some, some guys in and out. Um. But, uh, but yeah, Howard, um, getting your usage out of him. He's, he's putting up some decent numbers these last couple games, getting a decent amount of, of volume. Uh, Mark Andrews scored 9 point, or I'm sorry, yeah, 9.4. And New England, that's huge. When you get a defense scoring over 20 points, that is huge, 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 huge. Um, See, that's awesome. Uh, a lot of people like to minimize, like, kickers or defense. I, man, I think that if you can, like, there's something to be said about playing special teams and defense and fantasy. If you can get some production, you know, out of those two spots, like, that carried our team this week, 31.75 points between the kicker and the defense. I mean, man, that's, you know, especially with the ragtag group of guys that I have, man, that's kind of like the only way we can compete. I feel that. I, I'm a big advocate for kickers' defense. I mean, I've been screwed over just as many times as anyone else has. But it's interesting, man. Like like I said, if you take that out, my, my okay, so this week I won by .01. My kicker joked about it scoring 12 points. It, it gets – like it's – I know it doesn't seem a lot, but, man, it, it still makes it interesting. It's another facet of the game that you tune into. Um, I, I, as, as many – aspects to the game and, and different angles I can take on watching kickers, specialty. Like, I want in. I want every play to be exciting. Obviously, that's the point of fantasy football. We want to be engaged in, you know, Jets versus the Browns. May not seem like a great game, but guess what? If we got their starting running back, we're going to watch the game. Um, so with that said, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for keeping these guys in play. Yeah, it's an X factor. Yeah, there may not be a lot of strategy to go along with it, but at the same time, it's, it's still fun, man. It makes the league interesting. I think there's some strategy to go along with it, and I'll tell you why. The way that you have the scoring set up on the defenses, you can you can pick somebody who you think is going to perform. And, and, and for example, uh, you had Baltimore this week, and, and they got you minus .25 points. 
<laughs> yep. I mean that. I mean that's that's huge, man. If you had a defense to just get you eight or even nine, you know, man, that's a big, 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 big difference. You can't. You, you have to strategize so that you're not getting minuses on the board. And and that's oh, one thing that I like about this league, man. I mean, I'm gonna have to take a closer look at how you have the like scoring setup on the defenses, but uh, I wouldn't change a thing and move them forward, man. Yeah, so Zach mentioned, which I'm all for, um, maybe one kind of loophole that people can argue is the points for. I know you start at 10. If they score a touchdown, they're down to 7. If they score another touchdown, I think you drop to like 4. They score another touchdown, you drop to 1. Like, yeah, I mean, if you hold an offense to 21 points or less, I mean, that that's considered a decent outing, correct? Would you agree with that? It is a very decent outing, but you know what? Defense is about sacks three and outs I mean that that's you're getting down into the nuts and bolts of what defense is about it's not just about points and absolutely and and, and for the defenses that do shut people down and it is about not about you know scoring points you're starting off with 10 points geez my knees I, I, I think it's very 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 fair the way you have it set up yeah, I mean, it was something brought up, which, again, you know my view. I'm all for change. I'm all for, you know, majority wins. Uh, but but like you said, I mean, you ultimately, outside of, you know, just holding to a certain amount of points, we have a pretty fair system set up for sacks, for interceptions, for forced fumbles, for covered fumbles. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities for these guys to capitalize on points. Um, defensive scores, I mean, we've seen defenses score 30 points because they get two, three defensive touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting. And like I said, uh, moving in next year, I know we, we probably will implicate the uh, one defensive player, but I'm all for keeping a special teams too, like a whole defensive team unit like we have now and then having one guy, you know. And then if we like defense so much, then maybe we can expand to three. But um, I'm all for, say it again, big advocate for kickers and defense, but – well, let's I talk mean, about the, the, the kickers and defense. You start adding independent, independent defensive players, then you can really have people take that philosophy of we're going to play hard nosed football, we're going to play good defense, special teams, and you know that can be a forty five point a week like situation if you nail all of those things. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, kind of what just popped in my head, kind of thinking about this, is that. That honestly is kind of more realistic to what NFL teams face. I mean, the Packers especially, they always have an electric offense, but their defense has always been their, their weakest link. With that said, I mean, that'd be that'd be a good opportunity for guys that, you know, yeah, offensively they may, they may have an average team, but if they have a defense that that's lights out, you know, gives them another chance. You know, I'm all about guys having opportunities in in areas that they can thrive in to still give them a fighting chance at playoff contention. So I think this does kind of introduce a, another category, another space for, you know, a different mindset, you know. He may not be the, the I, guru offensively on the ball, but, you know. Well, I, I think what that what you'll find is, like, you know, people when they don't, like um, – I, I'm guilty of it. I don't like change. Like, I, I was making a funny face. My eyebrow went up when we are talking about the fat budget. But I'm not interested in not playing in, in a league, really, where they don't have that, man. I love it. So when you have these independent, like, defensive players, 
there are more outs, there's more skill involved than you like getting people in there that can play. And these people that you get in there that can play, man, I mean, look, they score touchdowns too. Tackles, interceptions. It's just an interesting uh, facet of the game, man. I mean, I'll say it again too. It's important. The idea is that we make football as interesting. I mean, I got buddies that weren't even big into football. Nick, when I first met Nick, I mean, he, he would kind of in the loop with it, but like, Fantasy football is what introduced him to being so excited about the actual game. He's another example. Jason, not even not even like a – he was a Cowboys fan. He liked watching every every game now and again. But, like, it was it was a reason for us as, as guys to go out and watch these games, to get together, and, and you know, we, we'd start finding, all right, what team we rooting for this year. I mean, they didn't have, like, a favorite team. I mean, being in Kentucky, they don't have a, a professional football team. But – We'd find ourselves, you know, what team we rooting for this year? What, what's like an underdog we'd like to see do well? You know, but, but whatever way we can make this as interesting as possible, and like I said, these Thursday night games, some of these Thursday night games sucks. The London game sucked. Falcons, Jets, who cares about that game? Yeah. But guess what? If you got Matt Ryan or you got the quarterback running back, I mean, at least they're remotely interesting, you know? Absolutely. And, and that's the big essence of this, you know. Don't lose focus on the end goal, which... How can I make this more interesting? So I, I do think that defensive presence will create that bit of uh, interesting edge. And, and along with that, as you mentioned with the fab, I was huge on that too. Zach was like, you know, who wants to do fab budget? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, like, ah, I'm not for change. But if everyone does it, I'll try it out. Guess what? We tried it out. I, I can't imagine going back to waiver claim. Like, that was so boring to me. Like, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, there's can't more strategy with this way. I can't imagine a team without a or a roster without a super flex spot. I, I honestly can't. And how do you how do you move to these? You you have to try it out. You have to, you know, in in the strategy at least the way I like to manage the league is is you do it in a way that if it does blow up in your face, guess what? It's one player. Is it going to affect the league that much? Right. To the point that you know it, it's going to make a shitty year. Like no. Like, yeah, they might be, like, introducing, like, an additional kicker or something. You know, worst case, it's, it's plus minus 10 points. I don't think it's going to make or break, you know, a mastermind that, you know, thrives year after year. So I'm all for it. Personally, I think we should do one player just to start out because, I, I, again, I, I'm very minimalistic. I like slight – I'm all for change, but let's do it at a slow manner. Let's see how, see how one goes. Then we can maybe do the three. Then we can talk about this, this, or that. So – I'm all for it. We'll uh, we'll again argue it at the year. So, all right, that is all the matchups. So, took a little bit longer there, but uh, let's uh, move on to next week's matchups. You want to start it off? Yeah, sure. Let me get this pulled up. Week ten. Oh, okay, so at the top of the list. Um, we got Charleston Storm versus Goon Squad. Um, Charleston Storm, we're supposed to score 138.2 points. And uh, Goon Squad's supposed to score 167.21 points. Uh, Nick has a 69% chance of winning, and I see why. He's got pieces all over the board. And uh, we're a little bit beat up with uh, Claypool. And uh, not a whole lot behind him to put in and replace him. So uh, we'll figure some things out between uh, here and Sunday. And, uh, uh, Nick, we will show up to play. 
So, I mean, let's see what happens. Who are you taking on this one? You taking yourself? Look, man, we're going to fight and try to win, man. We're, we're going to try to uh, <laughs> slay Goliath this week. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm going to say, you know, man, we're, we're going to come in there and tra- we're going to compete. Fair enough. I'm going to take Nick on this one. I, I think it'll be pretty close, but just what you mentioned with the depth of, of bench, you know, um, Jordan Howard's going to be facing, um, you know, some uh, ad- adversity there with, with with players coming back healthy, um, a little bit of his timeshare split there. Um, who are you going to be putting in front of him? Let's see here. You got hey Mark Ingram's not a bad option. I actually like him. I think he's going to put up a decent number. But again, will be those filler options. But ultimately, I think it'll come up short. You know, not giving you that ultimate boost that you need to win this matchup. So I'm going to take Goon Squad on this one, but. I think it's going to be, yeah, I'd say about a 12-point margin. All righty. We'll move on to the next one here. We'll do myself. we got Madden's Legends versus Buffalo Wings. Um, I'm projected 172 versus 166. My team is finally at full capacity, full strength, minus any setbacks in Delvin Cook case. But um, I'm going to have to take myself in this one. Um, I like my team where it's at. Any roster with Christian McCaffrey, Delvin Cook, healthy is scary. We talked about Lamar Jackson being a two-for-one player. If we can just get those those miscellaneous pieces to, to come together, um, my, my downfall on my team is, is Waddle, Goddard, and Jones. So if we can just get those guys to at least score bare minimum, 8 to 12 points, I think I pull out the dub. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the biggest factor that goes into this is Kyler Murray going to play. He was out last week. Um, let's see what ankles not practicing Wednesday. I mean, that's pretty typical for this early in the week. Um, not really until Friday you start taking into consideration those those reports. So I think he does come back. Um, he plays Carolina defense. I think he's going to put up a decent number. Um, uh, Gallup comes up off of uh, injured reserve. I think he'll put up a decent amount of points. But I, I think, you know, we're going to see a down week from James Conner. He's not going to score 40 points again. I think we're going to see a down week from McLaurin. I think the, the Bucks are going to shut him down. Um, and I think I have all the pieces. This is going to be a huge week for both of us. We're within a game. Um, very big for playoff contention, but I think I pull off the win by about, I'm going to say 12 points again. Wow. Um, i tell you what, Muffalo Wings probably don't want to hear me talking about being beat up. I mean, his roster is beat up, man, with uh, Kyler Murray limping around. Um, Zach Moss is hurt. Uh, he's got, you know, several guys on IR. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, you guys probably have a little too much for him this week. Lamar Jackson, Amari Cooper, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. And I'm going to say De- Derek Carr, man. That guy's been solid each and every week, man. You, you picked him up in a trade. Um yeah, for for those reasons, man, I I think you guys probably win kind of handily this week. I hope so. I mean, this is this is where I made all my adjustments for. Obviously, these guys weren't healthy; they were injured. I made the McCaffrey trade earlier this season, so it, it's it's finally this will show that you know Jake's been giving me shit all year for my trades, bite me in the ass. But this will be, I think, the deciding week to show if these trades will pay off or not. So. <laughs> I don't know, man. Here's the thing. You're projected at 172. 
if you get these weeks where Lamar, Dalvin, and McCafferty come close to their ceiling, I don't care who you're playing, you're going to have a chance to come away with the win because you're going to be flirting with 200 points. So, I mean, those trades that you made, this roster is beautiful. If I must say so myself, it really is. I I think Derek Carr is also a little bit of an underdog. I mean, there have been a couple games, 8 points, 13 points. Outside of that, man, he hasn't scored under 18 points, and I think that's pretty solid. He's going to get up against some respectable defenses. The Steelers, the Chargers, the Broncos, all guys that have have been very difficult matchups. So, um, Yeah, but, I mean, Lamar's had, you know, uh, floor games this year. So, you know, and, and, and our car has flexed his, his ceiling, too. He's got a 34-point a game. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's not a bad number two, bro. My goodness. Absolutely. I'm happy with that. I'm big on quarterbacks. I think that'll uh, work to my advantage here late season. So we'll move on to the next one. We got uh, Karen's crew and G-Money. Ah, oh, very interesting. He got this pulled up. Oh, yeah, he took all his players he out. He wasn't kidding. He, he's on strike this week. He's on strike. Wow, what's the he's problem? <laughs> he was talking about this in the group chat. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think uh, due to COVID-19 regulations or uh, something along these lines. Being all pissed off, Aaron Rodgers had COVID last week. But <laughs> kind of hard, <laughs> hard to get these projections for the week. Um, G-Money, obviously, he always has a, a, a pretty solid week. Um, Prescott, if he's healthy, man, huge. Prescott and Herbert, you put those guys together. If they have a solid week, that's going to be 70 points combined. Be uh, huge for him. So, uh, Booker, it's going to be interesting. If Saquon comes back this week, he's going to have to find a replacement. If you look on his bench, he's got um, Boston Scott. Yeah, hit or miss, and and you know that's his only running back that's going to start, man. So I think that's going to be a, a weaker point in his lineup. And I've seen a lot of cues questionable on uh, Damian Harris, questionable on uh, Zeke Elliott. I think both those guys play, but you know something to something to stay tuned in for the reports later this week. Um, let's see, it's kind of hard with all these guys on the bench. We got Kelsey, Mike Davis. You know, honestly, just for the running back situation, I'm gonna have to choose G Money on this one. Uh, I don't like Mike Davis, man. He, he's he's ugh. Uh, Kareem Hunt still uh, will not be activated versus uh, the the Patriots, so we're not gonna have him back in the lineup. I mean, if we're if we're going into a week starting Sony Michelle, we should be a little bit concerned. I mean, do you not agree? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, so, man. One thirty-five as a as a base, I think you nailed it. Like between Herbert and Dak, if, if those guys play and play well, you know, then he can come back with uh, with his running back combo of uh, Zeke and uh, and and Damian Harris. I mean, yeah, that should be <clears throat> enough for G Money to come away with the win this week. Here, yeah, here's my prediction. If if Dak Prescott, Herbert have a great game, and Damian Harris finds the red zone or the end zone. I, I think he's going to be more than fine. He'll fly away with twenty point win versus uh, uh, Karen's crew there. So we'll move on to the next one. We got uh, what eh, three more matchups here? Um, Rubba Chub Chub versus Dan's mom. 
<laughs> not a matchup you want to have, especially in the position you are in as Zach. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of a lot of cues, a lot of COVID nineteens on his his list as well. I mean, um, man, when it rains, it pours, man. Joe Burrow, it, it really does. I, luckily, I got my bye weeks out of the way. But Trevor Lawrence is your number one spot. You don't have a quarterback as your super flex spot. It, it, things are getting hairy. They, uh, like you said, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, Dan's mom's missing, you know, Derrick Henry, but still has a, a very solid crew behind him. Swift is back. Fournette will put up good points. Hurts. Um, again, outside of that, what Fournette's his weak spot in his lineup. I mean, it's still a solid crew. It's it's still tough. You take out Derrick Henry. You could take out. Let's see who's his, who's the next best player. He did Swift? a good job building that roster. I mean, he did. I mean, he got Cooper Cup and Derrick Henry, the number one positions. You know, the number one players at their position nailed. That's a beautiful draft, man. Well, wonderful. Antonio Gibson just not making the cut. Waller, you know, great tight end, but man, just seems to find that that twelve point max. Beasley is going to be suffering with with uh, Dawson Knox coming back. Nick Chubb, his first came back in in, in a bit here. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if I see about you know one fifteen performance out of Rubber Chub Chub. I think he even comes a little bit short of projections. But I'm taking Dan's mom in this one. What do you take? Yeah, I got Dan's mom in this one. I mean, uh, Zach still has Nick Chubb in a lineup. I don't think Nick's going to play. I, uh, it it doubtful this week so he's gonna to have to roll with somebody like Manny Sanders or even Rashad Bateman on Thursday but uh, I would not be holding my breath on Nick Chubb trying to play this week and that doesn't really bode well uh for for him so yeah I got Dan's mom big absolutely and uh next matchup Saquon these nuts versus Chili Peckers Chili Peckers is currently projected to win 151 to 103 However, Saquon these nuts doesn't have his running back put in. He is going to put James Robinson, which is oh, or Saquon Barkley. What's his report here? Um, okay, so let's see. So that's what they're saying Sunday. So yeah, I mean they're projecting him to come back. Um, we'll see. It it still seems kind of day to day. Last week on Sunday, they projected Devontae Booker gets one last run as a workhorse duty. So, decent chance that Saquon comes back. Um, I mean, at this point, Saquon needs everything to go right in his favor. Um, for for his sake, for James Robinson's sake, for Lockett to have a good week. I mean, it's it's must win at this point. Yeah, for any um, help of the playoff sakes. Yeah, I mean, 150, what a, what a solid projection. So, I, I think... Uh, Chili Peckers will take this win. It's unfortunate with with the guys and the talent that, you know, Saquon has seen. Diggs coming up shy this year, um, battling some injuries there. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think Chili Peckers ultimately comes out on top by about a, a comfortable fifteen point margin. I can see a window for Saquon D's nuts to come in here and and compete uh, on Sunday. Um, it it kind of all depends on um, if, if Carson Wentz and Tom Brady for uh, the Chili Peckers, you know, if they don't play up the expectations of the week, in which they both have been playing up 
to expectations. That's going to be his biggest obstacle in uh, trying to get the W this week, I think. Um, I think it'll be closer than what the experts, you know, uh, predict. So I, I got Chili Peckers in a close, closer than what the, uh, you know, experts think this week. That's fair. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill. He, he, you know, some would argue he's been slightly disappointing the first uh, half of the year. I think he's going to turn it up a notch, especially with Derrick Henry being out. I think he's going to be a solid twenty-four point floor quarterback. Um, you know, like you said, there is a window, but a lot of things have to go right. Saquon's got to be back. Robinson's got to be healthy. Lockett's got to have a good game. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones has to show. Or I mean, he's on a bye week, so um, you got to have a lot of pieces. When you stack as many obstacles as as he has to go right, I have to take Chili Peckers in this matchup. But uh, the last one here, we got Goon Squad versus Charles. Or do we already go? Over? Yeah, we. Yeah, I think over. that was the right. first one we did. All right, so we went through all of them. We didn't miss anyone. Um, I got 4% here. The last bit of news, uh, yeah, that Delvin Cook story. What do you uh, what do you take of this, Drum? Do you think this is going to uh, impede on his remainder of the season? Do you think this is a bunch of phony baloney? Uh, I'd love to answer that, but I think we do got one more pack. Pack slaps, busted bums versus King Savage. Did we do that one? I don't think we did that one. Uh, let me check. If not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we did not. And and this is a close, close projection. We got pack slaps, okay, yeah. busted bums projected to go 159.7 points versus King Savage's 157.12 points. Yo, it don't get no closer than that, man. Who are you taking this one? That is a good question. My goodness, man, this is even, man. There are pieces all over the board here. I think ultimately so, that Pack Slaps Busted Bums got that Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tyreek Hill thing going against the uh, Raiders. They they are they're not going to have two back to back floor games, so. Uh, yeah, for that reason and that reason only, man, I'm going to take them close. Pack slap, busted okay. buns, and a close one. Fair. I'm going to take King Savage, and here's why. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins still nursing that hamstring injury. I, I think he's going to be very limited if he comes back. I think Adrian Peterson is going to find himself in a very similar situation, um, scoring about seven points. I think Kittle has a down game. I think Schultz has a down game, and I I, I think Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill continue to find themselves in a little bit of a funk. Uh, they're going to have a better performance than last week. However, I don't think it's going to be anything great. And Garoppolo, I'm going to go ahead and project a down game for him versus the Los Angeles Rams. We know there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. We know it, it, it's going to be a, a tight game. So I, I'm i going to take King Savage. Um, I think uh, his running backs, I mean, that's a lethal combo, Kamara versus, and uh, Najee Harris. That's nice. Uh, Hunter Hunter Henry has been putting up consistent points, finding the end zone uh, week in and week out. Um, and, I, and I predict Mac Jones is going to have a good outing. I think he scores 20 points and, and gets the win over uh, the Browns. So Is Antonio Brown going to play? Because he has him in the lineup, and I don't, I don't think that guy's playing on Sunday, no. man. He, he's not going to play. Let's, let's just – Get rid of all the false hope out there. Antonio Brown's not playing, but 
Look at his backup. We got you got Melvin Gordon. You know, he can plug in there. Yeah, so he's got viable. I mean, yeah, I mean, eleven, nineteen, seventeen. That's a that's a very clear cut option there for him. So, I'm taking King Savage. It will be close, like you said, but I take King Savage by six points. All right, nice pick. All right, we'll we'll keep this real short. I'm on three percent battery here, but Delvin Cook, is he innocent or is he guilty? I don't know what he is. I I know that I I don't like this stuff being played out in public like is uh it, it stinks to me. It smells a little bit like this broad is trying to um you know, she's trying to sink this guy, man. You know, she knows that you know, he's not no guy in America is going to win in a court of public opinion and this kind of thing. She'll post those pictures and people will see a split nose and split lip and they automatically discount she breaks into the man's house, start beating Mason, Dalvin Cook, beating up his, his you know, girlfriend that's there and, and waving guns. It's just it's just bad look, man. It's a bad situation all the way around. And um, I just hope they get this thing straightened out sooner rather than later. So I will say this. I, I think the biggest piece that's going to be the deciding factor, um, what I find interesting about this case is that Dalvin Cook came out and, and tried, tried to file a lawsuit before she did. I don't know what said, or she sent a text and said, I'm going to expose you or whatnot, but I find that very interesting. When I read that report when it first came out, I was, uh, I was like, what, he's he's a victim? Like, why, why is he, you know, what? It, it just seems weird, especially from a guy's point of view, that he's just coming out and saying he was, you know, emotionally abused and all this other stuff. So I don't know what was said behind the scenes, or she hit him up one day just randomly, but... Um, I think one thing in his favor is, like I said, the timeline. Coming out an hour later, you got to ask yourself, why now? You know, it's going to be harder to prove even if she has pictures like that. You know, there's there's Photoshop, there's other ways of manipulating pictures and, you know, text messages and stuff like that. So I, I think that will be going in his favor. But, um, yeah, it will be something interesting that we'll have to stay tuned for. So The only thing anybody remembers about these cases is that, you know, years from now, Dalvin Cook was involved in some kind of like sleazy domestic violence situation. You know, the details pretty much go out the window. And as far as I'm concerned, the damage is done. You got a lot of people talking about this. And, you know, ultimately, no matter what happens, they'll probably settle out of court. But the damage to the man's reputation is already sunk. Fair enough. Well, I'm on 1%. We'll end the podcast there. Sorry it was a little bit longer, but uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it. See ya.